ready? <laughs> now we're ready. Yes. Welcome back to Part of the Story, Read Your Public Library's official podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Brown, and today I'm joined by a not unfamiliar voice to the podcast, Trish Klein. Welcome, Trish. Hello. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Um, is this your third time or second time? I feel like it's your third time. I think it's my third time. Because we did one pre-having our sweet equipment, one with our sweet equipment that was malfunctioning. That's And then right. today. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that's good for us. We're doing a summer reading podcast today. Yeah, summer. Summer's coming. Allegedly. Well, we're recording <laughs> this in May, full disclosure to our listeners. So we're having a bit of a fire time in Alberta at mm. present. It's quite that's warm. smoky. Yeah, as seasonably perhaps. But summer reading is coming. And for summer reading here at the library, it means a very particular thing for us. So a lot of our programs go on hiatus for the summer because people are busy. They have lives. They have children. They have vacations. Vacations. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not me. I don't think I've taken time off in the summer in quite some time. Are you a summer take-off vacation person? I'm a summer vacationer. Trisha likes it warm. I like it very warm. (laughs) Not me. I'm a, I'm a fall spring girly myself. Yeah, like a nice 20 degree day. Um, so before we get into it, and we're going to play a fun game of pick and pass, but we're going to talk a little bit about what Summer Reading Club is in the library. So historically speaking, Trish has worked in our adult services department for about... Well, it, I mean, really <laughs> up until we moved everything around. Yeah, so, what, so about 30 years. So yeah. about 32 years, and I've been here 35. So Trish so. knows all about the summer reading. No, what, what I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> so do you recall when, because we've always probably had a children's summer reading aspect. Yes, we, we have, for as long as I remember, have had a children's summer reading program. And... Then when we started the young adult or the teen section, then we started doing the teen summer reading program. A natural edition. A natural edition. And probably right about the time that you would have been eight, getting into your teen years, yeah. did you come <laughs> to the teen summer reading program? I don't recall necessarily specifically coming to the teen program. I do remember coming to like the children's summer right. reading club. But then when I was a teenager, I was like a non-reader. So oh. yeah, I know. So I might have just I'm not. stunned. I know, right? <laughs> I might have just passed on that. Do you recall like, I feel like the adult portion of the summer reading club is a more contemporary advent. Yes, it's it's fairly recent. Um, we started that with sort of there's there's something floating in my head that says a coffee kind of thing. We started to be asked about doing a, a summer reading program for adults. But um, when, you know, you have a big summer reading program for children's and we had a huge young adult program. I mean, when we started it, it was massive. It took a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And I think when people started asking for an adult reading program, we kind of went, okay, what can we do that's fairly simple? So it was very simple and probably involved coffee cards when (laughs) they finished reading certain things. And that's sort of the way that I think it went. And I think since pandemic, so I've been 
primarily responsible mm-hmm. since pandemic in doing summer reading club, getting things prepped and whatnot. So if you hate your challenge sheets, it's on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think we've gone back to a more simple way, straightforward way of doing summer reading club for yes. teens and adults. Um, so this year for teens, we have our uh, challenge sheet as we typically do. Um, so we have some new challenges on there. Some are, well, not not every challenge is reading based, right? Because not everyone's a reader or not everyone reads as much or as fast as, as the next person. So we have some different challenges on there. And then we have time for, or we have a tracking sheet for your reading if you are a reader. So in the same way that adults sadly don't get prizes every time not like our youngest participants in our children's department but you can enter to win different prizes so we'll have three different prize packs for our different age groups and then adult would be quite similar with the challenge sheet and again not all reading based um and yeah so our theme for our children's summer reading club is around the world in 80 days um it's harder to do a theme for teens and adults. Uh, Teens will have our maker kits as we have had since the pandemic. They've been quite popular. So we've come up with some fresh ideas. We have great creators here. So luckily. um, Yes, I've I've been seeing some of the supplies come through on the supply (laughs) thing. I think they're going to be great. I want one of each. Yes, they're going to be good. (laughs) Um, So by the time you guys are hearing this, you will be able to get your summer reading sheet either online or in branch. And that's for all ages. For children's teens, we say are 12 to 18, but we're not super hard and fast. If you're 11 and you want to do the teen one, we're not going to kick you out. Um, And then for adults, so anyone sort of 19 and over that wants to play along with what we're doing this summer. And I think adults really do look forward to this. I think we've already been asked if the adult sheets are out. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. I love that. Yeah. And like we, well, I asked for some different ideas last year for what our challenges could be and we got so many that I couldn't use them all because we don't it's not like 45 (laughs) challenges so I used some of my favorites from last year that didn't make the cut on this challenge sheet so I'm very excited about it so yeah you can get that in our link online in branch they're basically going to be everywhere in the library they'll be easy to find (laughs) available everywhere coming soon So before we get into pick and pass, Trish, which I'll explain the rules to you, (laughs) but what do you like reading in the summer? Is there something that you gravitate towards that that feels like summer to you? I don't think so right now. I think I still end up reading the same type of of books. Just having more time for it? Uh, I'm not even sure that, yeah, well, (laughs) possibly. I I think we're going to... Play wait and see. As you know, I have a dog who's uh, likes her attention and <laughs> and and doesn't really like you know me reading or doing anything else. So uh, I guess a lot of that will depend if I'm allowed to sit on my deck boss. and read. And uh, of course, she just may end up in oh you you going to be that way I'm going to sit out in the deck and read and you can sit in the house if you're (laughs) going to be that way we're having alone time now (laughs) I get to read so what kind of thing do you typically gravitate towards well I'm still reading an awful lot of and this is probably if somebody went back on the podcast this is what (laughs) Trish has been reading uh still reading a lot of historical 
novels. People love historical fiction. Yes, and mine tend to be mostly based about around World War uh, II fiction. Mm-hmm. And um, some of it has dual timelines, some of it doesn't. Um, I think I'm finding I'm getting more critical, though, I've noticed, of the... Because you've read the genre so much. I've read the genre so much, so now I'm going, that didn't need to be in there. (laughs) So um, we'll see. I I do also, you know, pick up still a few of my favorite uh, lighter authors Mm -hmm. and... Uh, when so I come across them and <laughs> still find the beach reads and yeah. still find the things. I do like, for the most part, a happy ending. Yeah, same. And it's, it's <laughs> I get really kind of disappointed. You know, I, I almost, I'm like you, Claire, I have to find out <laughs> sometimes. Listen, this is a safe space for people who want to know the end yes, of something yes. before they read <laughs> I need to know sometimes the end in case I Because like, then you can choose. Yes. You can choose and be like, I'm okay with this having not the kind of ending. I'm in the right headspace. I'm in the right mood for it. Yes, I'm going to pe- persevere and read it. But if you're in the mood for a happy ever after and someone dies, no thank you. Yes, then it, then, <laughs> then you're going, nope, not going to happen. And it colors your perception of the entire reading experience. Well, it does. It really does. And, and because I'm so I happy you're on my side, side I, I, I am I'm definitely, you know, and I don't think I used to do that as, as much. But then I started out by reading the romance genre and I mean I read romances for years and years and years and it's really only been in the last 10 years or so I mean I intersperse those with mysteries Mm, and I still do kind of intersperse with a bit of a thriller mystery kind Mm. of uh, book but um, I've gone away from the romances as much and uh, but there was the happily ever after as we yeah. all know, yes. that's what makes it a romance. <laughs> yes, the hill I die on. <laughs> <laughs> and I will agree with you right there, Claire. That's how I, people would say, well, this book should be in romance. And I would go, no, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. A book with romance is different than a romance book. Mm-hmm. The end. <laughs> there you go. Or just call them a, a love story. Exactly. With or magic drama, rabbit, whatever you want to do. Rabbit ears around the love story yeah. because... You know, somebody ends up going off in another direction. Mm-hmm. That's not what I want to read about. No. They know what I want. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting. In the summer, I... So I'm not a huge Heat fan, which Trish knows we share an office. <laughs> um, but in the summer, because of the heat, like, I feel, like, a little bit, like, claustrophobic. So then I like to read a thriller. I like to read a mystery because I don't really read those in the winter or in the fall even. Like, you know, because around Halloween, everyone's always talking about their spooky reads or whatever. Not me. I like to read thrillers in the summer. So I'll read three or four interspersed with my beautiful romance books. But I want a nice murder book in there, too. But only in the summer. Only in the summer. Yeah. In the same way that I love watching horror movies in the summer. Okay. So good. Okay. Yeah. Would recommend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as as I told Deb earlier today... I gave up on horror movies sometime around Friday the 13th when it scared me so much I could not stay in my house by myself. Oh, that's some time ago. So basically you were like, no. No. (laughs) No. My whole life of no. (laughs) No, not doing it. 
not so doing funny. it. Compared to what happens now in horror movies, I don't think you could handle it, Trish. I, I not if Friday the 13th turns you off. <laughs> no, could not do it at all. And I don't even know be, what did it because I'd been watching going to horror movies all along. And yeah. then all of a sudden, whatever happened, well, it was near the end or something like that. And that it just, it just that's it. No horror for me. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. So in our game of Pick or Pass, I am going to read you... A short, short, short blurb. Okay. It's how Goodreads is trying to sell the novel. So they're saying these are the summer's best new fictions. These are books that are coming out between like mid-May to the end of August. And would you read these based on these couple of sentences? Are you picking it or are you passing it? So also, if any of these books sound good to you, you can look them up in our catalog and or request them for a suggestion to purchase because we don't have every book on order forever. <laughs> but we like to order books that you like to read. So you could go on our website, do a suggestion to purchase. It'll go to Trish. And, and she'll Claire. try her very best. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start off with just like basic fiction. Okay. So one is from an author we know. So Lisa C. has a new one Ooh. coming out on June 6th called Lady Tan's Circle of Women. Based on a true story, the new historical novel from Lisa C. follows the fortunes of Tan, one of a handful of female doctors in 15th century China. Incredibly, incredibly, despite historical China's restrictive patriarchal structures, some of Tan's remedies survive to present day. Pick or pass. Oh, now that one might be a pick for me. Right? It sounds interesting. Also, she has a ton of books. I see her books coming in and out of the library. All, all the, time. the time. All the time. And they're always the most gorgeous covers. Oh, beautiful. They, like, they just get me. I haven't read any of them, but every time I see one, I'm like, hmm, maybe I should. We, <laughs> we did one long time ago for a book club I was in, her first one. And oh. it's one of those that has stayed with me for a very long time. And I tend to forget books. <laughs> um, do I remember the title? No, but I do remember. The rest of it. The, a lot of what <laughs> went on in it. And the foot binding and some of that other stuff. Yeah. Oh, I like it. So the next one is One Summer in Savannah by Tara Shelton Harris. Eight years after a traumatic sexual assault, a young mother returns to her hometown to build a new life with her genius-level daughter. Over the course of one sweltering summer, life takes on some surprising turns. This is a debut novel, and it develops difficult and delicate themes of forgiveness, compassion, and empathy comes out July 4th. Is that a pick or a pass? Probably a pass for it's me. It's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah. And isn't immediately grabbing me. Yeah. I do like the cover, which our audience cannot see. <laughs> <laughs> this is when we need to be on YouTube, too. Yeah, exactly. This one is a pick for me, but I don't know, even though summer is in the title, I don't know if it's summer. You know what I mean? I think maybe that's more fall. Okay. Fall for me. So we'll see. Um, This author also, quite a few books. Elizabeth Assi, I think it's Acevedo. She has, well, her book that won a prize was The Poet X a few years ago. Okay. So this one is called Family Lore. 
Spanning the three days prior to a curiously timed wake, family lore goes back in time to trace the lives of the Marty women, six Dominican-American women, sisters and cousins, aunts and nieces. The novel marks author, poet, and National Book Award winner um, Elizabeth Acevedo's adult fiction debut. Comes out August 1st. Hmm. Are you a family drama person? Not really big on family drama. Um, That one sounds interesting. I have been terrible at reading books at all lately. Mm-hmm. So that one may get, would probably be passed over for the myriad of historical <laughs> books that are coming, that are out, coming out as out, well. Yes. <laughs> I think that one's a pass for me too. I don't love a book. You do like dual timelines and other yes. things. I don't like books that are telling a story, go back to tell another story, come back to tell me a different story. I just, I don't know what it is about those, but I bet you that the writing in this is beautiful. If she's a poet, that is going to be lyrical writing. It, I, yeah, and I do love a book that is uh, very lyrical. Yes. So that would be an interesting pick for some people. Getting into mysteries and thrillers, Trish. Ooh, mysteries and okay. thrillers. So this author had a book um, that came out, I think, two years ago called Razorblade Tears. So been on my radar a little bit and it's essay cosby and this title coming out june 6th is all the sinners bleed and we already have this on order i know for sure because spoiler alert i have it on hold <laughs> um so when a school shooting shatters him his small town virginia community sheriff and retired fbi agent titus crown must navigate the complexities of being a black man in a police uniform in the american south so essay crosby returns with another serving of crime fiction steeped in bold southern noir is that a pick or a pass for you might be too dark for me yeah might be too dark for me i i and also i'd have to read whatever the first second third <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure where it is on that list but uh, uh in terms of where it is in the series i think i think that one would be a pass, a pass. For me. well and again like that's heavy subject matter and heavy like contemporary subject mm-hmm. matter right particularly in our neighbors to the south yes um but i i don't think i think i've only read one book that's featured or had aftermath of a school shooting so i find that interesting that like fiction is picking that up a little um, bit more yes i mean it does sadly happen a lot but I do find it interesting because I feel like there's a few on the horizon that are coming out before the end of the year that that feature either in present time or the aftermath of. And I often think that what we see in literature and in writing is that uh, what's happening in our day to day and the reflection and the reflection of how it disturbs people, and then mm-hmm. writers tend to write about it because. They want to be able to not necessarily solve a problem. No, but they're sort of working it out for themselves themselves. a little bit too. Working it out for themselves, but they also want to bring it to the forefront. Mm -hmm. So this is a controversial author for me. I don't know if you've read them before. Riley Sager. Okay, I'm familiar. Final Girls uh, and a few others. I remember Final Girls the most. So this one is called Only One Left. The infamous Hope family murders are remembered these days as only a schoolyard chant. At 17, Lorna Hope hung her sister with a rope. When home health aide Kit 
uh, McDeer is assigned to care for the tragedy's sole survivor, a sinister legacy is revealed. The reliable Ray Riley Sager returns with another twisty tale of neo-gothic suspense. Pick or pass? Oh, that's a pass for me. Sorry. <laughs> is it too horror adjacent? Yeah, well, I think so a little bit. Yeah. And just a little bit, maybe too much on that, not quite... It's not that I have to read books that are so terribly, terribly light. I'm reading historical yeah, things that happen in, in <laughs> yeah. you know. You're reading not, during war times. I'm during, reading during war times. But I think it's that, am I going to sleep at night? <laughs> yeah. uh, or am I going to think there's an intruder in my basement? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what, what did the dog just bark at? Yeah. Um, oh, is it a ghost or is yeah, it just nothing? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Fair yeah. point. Riley Sager, I have really loved some of their books. I have really disliked their last one. This is the last one that I'm going to give a chance. So you're going to try it. I am going to try it. But I thought that the one that came out, I think it was last year, the ending was so unrealistic that it just fell off a cliff for me. Because there was nothing to suggest it. It was a twist for a twist, but there were no like little Easter eggs that would suggest that it was even possible as a twist. Because there was like a supernatural element to it. I I think that's where sometimes when authors do tend to fall down, isn't it? Is that they put something in there and somebody goes, what the heck? Yeah. Like, why is that there? That makes absolutely no sense. And I don't read a lot of thrillers, so I don't always figure it out. I know that there are a lot of thriller readers that are like, oh, I knew by the 50th page, but I still liked it or whatever. Right. I'm not that person because I don't read enough in the genre. But if I am like, this is so out of left field that I could reread this four times and still not understand the twist, <laughs> it's not a twist. It's just, I don't even know what it is. So, pass. Well, pick and then potentially pass. And I was surprised to see this one on the list. I'm wondering if you've ever read this author before because she's insanely popular at okay. the library. Lisa Jewell. You ever got into Lisa Jewell? I pick up her holds, you know, all the as people have them out. No, I have not. So I keep hearing about her. I hear about her from people in my Happy Ever After book club. I hear about her from any book book club. I hear about her from coworkers. Our coworker Cher, for example, mm-hmm. is all in on Lisa Jewell. Um, so this one actually sounds quite interesting, and you'll see immediately why I'm sort of into it. So it's called None of This is True. Contemporary culture's ghoulish fascination with true crime podcasts serve as the backdrop for this new suspenseful thriller from Lisa Jewell. London podcaster Alex Summers' latest investigation hits a little too close to home when she finds her subject has been hiding some very dark, very familiar in italics secrets. Mm. This one doesn't come out till August. I looked it up in our catalog, which we already have um, in catalog. 14 holds already. So if people are into Lisa Jewell, get your hold in now, or by the time it's out in August, you're going to be like 30th in line. Exactly, exactly. Um, this one is, uh, it's probably not one I'm going to go search out. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I think, I think none of these are really making the mark for me, <laughs> No, Claire. that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Um, yeah, but I imagine that our coworker share has yes. had this on her radar. I'm sure that there will be a, a lot moment. of people, as we well know, that will have that on their radar very quickly. Well, and clearly it's on, like, basically everyone's radar, 14 right. holds. Save the best category. Okay. Because obviously. <laughs> <laughs> 
summer does read romance. People are getting beach reads. People come and get pocketbooks and, you know, put half a dozen in their bag, go to the beach. Their kids do whatever they do. You got your book. So, and you can read it in two or three hours. Exactly. And book talk really is pushing romance almost always. So a lot of these books are books that you might have seen featured or authors that you okay. might have seen featured. So we're going to start with an author that started as an indie author. Her name is Tessa Bailey. And she has one called Unfortunately Yours mm. coming June 6th. In the follow-up to Tessa Bailey's series opener, Secretly Yours, they're in the same series, but they're not connected really in any way. Okay. So I should just say that up front. Um, Eris uh, Natalie Voss returns from her Cabernet timeout with a new plan, a platonic marriage of convenience to her former flame and perpetual hottie August Cates. And this will solve both of their financial problems. It's foolproof. It's a lock. OMG, that man is hot. I'm reading this. I'm not (laughs) suggesting that the cartoon cover gentleman is any type of way. (laughs) Is that a pick or pass? Oh, I'm sorry. It's going to be a pass. Yeah. It's because of how I read it. (laughs) Um, Tessa Bailey, for me, is hit or miss. I like her sometimes. I like her less sometimes sure that's just based on my mood as a reader this one is a pass for me i don't love like down on their luck heiress stories i don't know and it seems to be like a bit of a mini genre so it's something that has has the trope has taken off yeah a little bit and i'm just i'm not a huge fan like i just i don't yeah i'm not a huge yeah. fan of that trope but she's for our listeners she's a lighthearted contemporary romance author mm-hmm. if that's what you're looking for for your summer vibe you cannot really go wrong with her books she has quite a few we have a few of hers in the library already this one doesn't come out till june 6th though this one trish oh okay it's called love theoretically by ali hazelwood so ali hazelwood's hugely popular steminist rom-com series returns with the story of two scientists an mit hiring committee and the thermodynamics of mutual attraction. Elsie Hannaway and Jack Smith are physicists looking for fun. Fun spelt with P-H for whatever reason. Uh, Can these two align their approach vectors in the name of love or lust, at least, release date June 13th? Well, that one sounds a little bit interesting. Have you read any of that in the series? No, I haven't. I feel like you would like them. The first one is Love Hypothesis. The second one, of course, the title is Escaping Me. Um, But I really liked them both. Nice and light. Nice and light, fun, good pacing. I see why they got popular on BookTok. On BookTok. Yeah. Okay. But, like, she shot to, like, fame. Her sales just went insane. Now, is she... independent author or she started as a fanfic author actually and so her first book the love hypothesis was was based on particular like fandom and she i think she published it like pretty early and people were like "Ooh!" and so she's written a few short stories and she's had these and you know what you're getting with her Mm -hmm. just like light Mm -hmm. and just fun and it's fun to see like two very intelligent people not be so good at the interpersonal stuff <laughs> no i i think that would be a good one yeah so yeah i think it's a fun one so this one are you familiar with the author Catherine center she wrote like things we save in a fire um a few others 
there, of course. She Last year she had the bodyguard, which was that yellow-covered one. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like a... I wouldn't call her, like, romance necessarily. I would call it more, like, women's fiction. Okay. With, like... I mean, romance is there, obviously, but it's not, like, category romance. So this one is called Hello, Stranger. And so she's called a laugh-and-cry specialist, Catherine Center, returns with a strange love story of an artist named Sadie Montgomery whose recent surgery has also left her with the condition known as face blindness. Mm. And so this is literally what it says. I am not making this up. It says, and that's not great. She's falling for two guys at the same time. Fate, it seems, enjoys practical jokes. Comes out July 11th. Well, that's... I don't know. That one's a little maybe? I can't vouch for this one specifically, but her older titles, I do think that you would enjoy. Joy? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I I ended up reading her whole backlist after reading The Things We Save in the Fire book because it was so good. And the covers are, they look sort of interconnected, but the stories are not interconnected at all. But the design is clearly, these are Catherine Center books, and it has a very unique, like, cover design. They're beautiful covers. Would recommend. Not just based on the cover alone, but... Okay. (laughs) Also not based on not the cover, obviously. Here's one that I've never heard of, but it's on the list of most anticipated reads. An author I've never heard of, a book I've never heard of. So we're going to play Pick or Pass, Trish. Are you ready? All right, I'm ready. It's called The Art of Scandal by Regina Black. After one too many heartbreaking years playing the perfect political trophy wife, Rachel Abbott is getting off that particular bus. Enter 26-year-old artist Nathan Vasquez, very handsome, somewhat lost. Maybe these two can help each other out. Author and attorney Regina Black is getting good advance notices with her debut romance. Mm. Pick or pass? Pass. See, I'm a little bit past too because one... Is she cheating on her husband? Mm, mm-hmm. Two, is like for them to mention his age but not her age, uh, like and like, whatever. Older women with younger men is fine, but I think it's weird to single out his age. That is not on her. That is on Goodreads. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but into a deeper conversation, why are so many attorneys also romance authors? I don't know where they find the time. Yeah, they mustn't sleep. Honest to God. Like, because uh, it's quite a few. Quite a few are like English professors or like actual like criminal attorneys, and then end up yes writing a book. Yeah, in, and in almost their always romance spare time. Yeah, as you do, as, as you, you do as a do. lawyer. Yeah, you think I would have spare time? I don't. <laughs> I do, but I don't use it wisely. I don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not writing books in my basement. I have no debuts coming out. Darn it! I know. So that one comes out August first. I'm interested to know where that goes. Because I find it very interesting that it's on the list. I like that it's on the list because it's, like, so out of left field. Right. Because I read a lot about romance books that are coming out. And this was the first time I heard about it. You hadn't seen it at all. Not even a little bit. Mm. (laughs) So now we're going to put yourselves in the shoes of a teen slash young adult reader. Because I don't think you're a young adult reader. No. But there are a couple of young adult ones coming out. I'm going to just mention, too, that I I like that they are being featured. So, again, on this Goodreads list, there's one called Kismet Connection by an Anyana Devarajan. 
I probably butchered that name and I apologize. Uh, according to a family curse and her mum's astrology charts, um, Matahuri is fated to settle down forever with her first boyfriend. In an effort to dodge destiny, she starts a relationship with one of the boys she knows is safe, aka her best friend. Can't miss, right? So this is a debut author and a debut story coming out June 13th. Well, would you pick it or pass it? I, would, I think I'd pick it up to look at it. No, the cover is I quite pretty. I do love a pretty cover. <laughs> I'm very attracted to very pretty covers. So it's I'm, easy to be. Like, it matters. I'm sorry. Get a good design. Get a good design. <laughs> I almost put up a display. I We've got the book of yeah. display up there right now, but it almost was going to be covers with a whole bunch I'm of sure flowers. I'm sure one will come soon. It will come. <laughs> because there's a lot of them out there, and they're gorgeous. Yeah, so, so I... Half, half pick? Half pick. I might look at it. Nice. I don't know if it would make it onto the very large pile that's sitting at home. <laughs> See, that's always the thing. This is a game for, like, a fantasy where you had all, all the time, the in, the time world in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Because basically, I've just added about half a dozen books to my TBR, which already has, according to Goodreads, like 2,000 books. Yes, exactly. So I'm a bit out of control. Mm-hmm. So this one also is a little bit interesting to me. So it's called You're Not Supposed to Die Tonight by Kaylin Barron. It's the kind of title that makes you think. Kaylin Barron's twisty thriller plays out in a theme park called Camp Mirror Lake where performers recreate scenes from classic horror films when someone starts bending the rules, slashing them literally. Charity Curtis and her girlfriend, Bezzy, have to fight back to survive. We all know that Trish loves a good slasher film, as she told us at the top. (laughs) Although that one sounds... Is that, did you say that's a young adult It's young adult, so it wouldn't be quite as... Wouldn't be quite as, so I might be able to... To, to handle that again, it, it's it's an interesting premise. And it is. I might to me, want to take a look at sounds it. Sounds like Goosebumps, except for an older audience. Yes. Because I feel like I read a Goosebumps called like Horrorland or something. Mm, I mean, mm-hmm. no one dies in Goosebumps books, they're for children. But, <laughs> but like as a child, you're scared of them. Well, exactly. So, like, this one sounds like a like a throwback horror movie type of thing, and it sort of has got me. I'm going to pick it. Okay. Yeah. Full pick. Full pick. (laughs) So if any of those titles sounded interesting to you, you can check them out in our catalog and or request them for purchase suggestion. And Trish and or I will be happy to order them. So before we leave you today, we're going to play our favorite game called Reading, Watching, and Listening. It's literally my favorite part because they're personalized recommendations. These are things that we have read, listened to, liked, watched, enjoyed. These are things. These are new things. Trish, what have you been reading? What have I been reading? Well, I just finished Messy Lives of Book People by Phaedra Patrick. Ooh, I saw you reading that the other day. Yes, yes. <laughs> I actually had a book. At Talking Buck. about good covers, though. Mm-hmm. It's a great cover. Yeah. Um, and it. guess what? It's, mm. it's not a historical book. Shocker. I know. I know. She has a few, though, Phaedra Park. Have you been reading quite a few I got her first book, which, of course, now the name absolutely but of escape, escapes me. But it always I has cannot... a name in it. Right, yes, yeah. yes. And um, really, really enjoyed it. And 
so that I would look for it and right. make sure that we had them ordered and then go on. And this one, I just happened to come across, so I somehow missed it. Ooh. And so I picked it up and I started to read it. And uh, yeah, I did. Messy lives of book people, a little messy, lot about Messy lives of book people. <laughs> so uh, Liv Green is a mother of two with a husband who um, is going to take over his. Uh, family's book binding press with his sister. Okay. That's sort of some of the back, a little bit of the backdrop, which means that they don't have a lot of money because everything's going into the business. They're raising two children, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. And so she works as a cleaner and she gets a job as a cleaner for her mega best selling favorite author. Ooh, I like it already. And <laughs> just kind of falls into that. And this author is a recluse okay. after a an incident at an award show. And she doesn't even really talk to Liv at all. And then all of a sudden she starts to talk to her a little bit more. And the reason Liv got the job, and this comes up fairly early in the book, so I am not... It's not a spoiler. I, I'm not a spoiler. giving a spoiler. <laughs> is that Liv had entered a contest with a poem way back when. And uh, Essie, the author, had chosen her poem. So this was her in. So she ends up talking to her about writing. And then all of a sudden, again, very (laughs) early in the book, an attorney shows up and lets Liv know that Essie has died. Oh. But Essie wants Liv to finish her last book. Oh. But she can't tell anyone. Anyone. So it's Essie has died for six months. Oh my goodness. So it's like a little bit mystery. A little bit mystery. Like why? About the sort of the why. And yeah. It, uh, yeah. So it, it's all the clues and how she goes about actually having to write this book and yeah. and doing things that reclaim herself I think a little bit and actually getting her sitting down to writing oh I like the way you said that reclaim herself yeah it's uh I may have stolen that a little bit from (laughs) another book (laughs) listen that's what book people do yes (laughs) there's no police here no no there isn't did you have another one yes i have another one called the night travelers by armando lucas uh correo and i will talk about beautiful covers this one has a gorgeous cover i will also say that i haven't quite finished this book but I started it at 7.30 this morning, and I had to be at work at 12, and I only have about 50 pages left. <gasps> oh, wow. So, it, I, it was, it's, it's I, good reading. It's good reading. This does, I, I really have enjoyed his books. I've read him previously. Okay. Um, again, don't ask me which <laughs> the titles are. This one is about mothers, and sacrifice and it talks about four generations of mothers starting in Berlin just as the Nazis come to power so in the early 1930s okay uh, where 
it's terrible. I've forgotten her name other than it starts with the A, which is another one of those. I've, I've been hearing a lot of A names today, so I've been getting very confused. Um, and she has an affair with a black musician um, back in... The 30s. The 30s. Mm-hmm. As Nazi Germany is getting going. And she has to send her daughter away if she wants her daughter not to be sterilized Mm -hmm. because she is half black. And then the daughter ends up in Cuba. Oh, wow. uh, Because this is where the ship, it was one of the ships that was uh, a number of Jewish people. um, Set sail. And they were supposed to be uh, landing in Cuba, and they were supposed to be this whole ship of people sail supposedly to freedom. Mm-hmm. Most of them were turned back, and most of them end up in in camps. But the this couple that um, uh, Lilith has been entrusted to end up in Cuba and being let off the ship. Okay. So she grows up. In Cuba. Well, what happens in Cuba? Yeah. (laughs) So it becomes then the next thing is that Lilith has to be sent away. Mm. And it's sacrifices all along. And then Lilith's journey back to Germany. And Lilith's daughter. uh, And then um, uh, her daughter. uh, His daughter. And... I forgot the name again. <laughs> That's okay. Isn't that terrible? Uh, so I have got to, um, uh, oh, it's Nadine. I've got to Nadine's story. So it just like sort of picks it up and continues along. It continues along. They, they, they do. So they're not going back and forth. Okay. It's, it's linear. Linear timeline. Interesting. Yeah. It's, and he be, writes beautifully. So, and clearly the pacing has to be quite good. Yes, yes. If you're reading in I'm, the morning. I'm reading in the morning, and <laughs> I did not put it down until I figured <laughs> that I'd better get to work. <laughs> and aren't we thankful that you're here? <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought maybe nobody would miss me till 2 o'clock. Yeah. yeah, I think they would. You had an appointment with me. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm going to highlight two that I read as well. One that I was looking forward to so much called Lassiter by J.R. Ward in her Black Dagger Brotherhood series. I am a longtime lover of the series. I read the first book probably like 15 years ago and did not like the first book and then read the rest of the books, probably like 10 books out of order just as like I found them. And then I really got serious in the series, loved it, etc. So Lassiter is the 21st book in the series and I've been looking forward to it for about two years they've been like teasing that it's going to be this character called Lassiter and he's a fallen angel it's a paranormal romance series we'll just get that out of the way (laughs) (laughs) suspend your disbelief and I was looking forward to it so much so I pre-ordered it it arrived I saved it for like a special day and I you know got my book day together and I'm like it's book day and started reading it and no no oh how disappointing (laughs) it was extremely disappointing I think it's good if you were going into it 
to see the furtherance of the story. But if you were going into it for like Lassiter's story, because, you know, it's the title of the book, you would be like me and a little bit disappointed. So I was disappointed. But I will say that the author, like J.R. Ward, she's a long time author, very successful. Her Black Black Dagger Brotherhood series, huge series, obviously. Um, She really took a chance uh, at the end of this book with what she does to one of the characters, which you don't see very often and might be polarizing for some fans. I was very surprised that she took that, that turn with it. Okay. So I will say like the last like 30 pages, I was like, yes, the middle, no. And the beginning, yes. (laughs) But I was very disappointed because I had been looking forward to it for so long. But what are you going to do? And then the other one that I'm currently reading and wish also, like you, (laughs) that I were at home reading it. I was just reading in the break room at lunch. And you know how when a book hits its stride, like you have that first 50 or 70 pages where they're like telling you stuff and you're like, I know, I know, like we'll get to where we're going kind of thing. And then when it hits its stride, you're just like, I just want to read. I just want to read. So that's sort of where I'm hitting. And it's a romance. It's called Love Will Always Remember by Tracy Livesay. Never heard of her before. I ended up ordering it um, through Book Outlet because mm-hmm. they had this huge sale and like all of their like little pocketbooks were like under $5. So I ordered a few different ones. And this one has my favorite trope, which is amnesia. I love amnesia in romance. And so basically this is a Harlequin Presents novel on like steroids. So she is a lobbyist in D.C. and she's engaged to like a financial analyst. And their relationship is more like business related because like they they would be a very powerful couple in D.C. with the connections that they had. So it's not a love match. They're going into it eyes open. That's all fine. So she... And her fiance go to his brother's restaurant pre-opening and the brothers don't really get along, but she is immediately sort of drawn to the brother. Immediately, I'm like, yes. And we know from the brother's perspective, his name is Jonathan, that Jonathan is also drawn to our main character, Leighton. And you're like, hmm, interesting. And so then she ends up in an accident and with amnesia... Retrograde amnesia, which is always a trope in romance. I don't know why. (laughs) And so now her fiancé is in Europe doing some sort of business deal. He did not come back when she got in her accident. And he said to the brother, like, sort of look after her for me. The hospital is under the impression that he is the fiancé because he was trying to get information. So he said, I'm the fiancé because he didn't know if she was okay and she he was trying to like phone the brother the brother wasn't phoning back it was a whole thing so he had the best of intentions but also now a woman with no memory thinks that the brother is fiance i'm so into it it's it's an illness how much i'm into it (laughs) i'm really really excited about it so i'm about i think about a third of the way through now and it's just it's really starting to like build that angst that i want oh my oh my word it's everything i want in the world. <laughs> what have you been watching, Trish? What have I been watching? Well, I have I I have a tendency. I am one of the few people left that still has cable. Yeah, I don't have cable and haven't for years. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I have cable because my channels are HGTV and uh, Makeful yeah. and and you know the things you can't get on Netflix. streams. Yeah, you don't get the same yeah. thing. I don't think so. I have things that are recorded so I can watch them <laughs> at various times and. And being an artist, I love things like, you know, Portrait Artist of the Year mm. from Britain, and that's finished, so I'm now waiting for Landscape Artist of the Year. <laughs> and I love the repair shop, and I just, you know, I love all the... Any makery shows. Makery shows, the yeah. pottery one, the ones that are on woodworking. Those are that have a jewelry one, too, so... There was I one that, that I really used to like called The Great British Sewing Bee. Oh, I still watch that. Oh, I loved that one. I That's still the only watch thing that, that I miss from one. cable is that because it was so like cozy and mm. everyone was just like nice and making things and then you'd like learn a little bit about sewing, sewing and, and like and oh, it I still loved goes that on. One. You'll just have to come over to my place to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> See, we all heard that open invitation. <laughs> There's an open invitation. You have to pet the dog. <laughs> Oh, I um, love that. Yeah, so that's a lot of what I've been doing. And on YouTube, it's been macrame earring mm. or jewelry videos. And that's been where I've been at. <laughs> Which is fair. So listeners of the podcast will know, and Sage will be very sad to not hear this part. Sage loves Attack on Titan. She has been talking to me about it probably two years, maybe three years. And I'm always like, yes, I'll... I'll watch it. I'll get into it. And like, I, I wasn't never going to not get into it, but then I canceled Netflix and I was like, Oh, well, whatever. But I've decided to take the plunge. I, uh, subscribed to Crunchyroll, which is like the anime, um, streamer service, because there are a few different ones that I'm interested in. So I thought I'll do it for a little while, see how it goes. But I started watching attack on Titan. And when I texted Sage to tell her, the level of excitement was very high. <laughs> so she's going to be sad to miss it on the podcast. Um, but basically, I'm really early in. I think I'm on the sixth episode, maybe seventh episode. And it's really dark, pretty graphic, um, creepy. Like, the Titans are creepy. I didn't realize how creepy they would be. <laughs> like, they are, like, ginormous, like, humanoid-looking things so far. And they sort of lumber around, and they have these, like, weird, creepy, like, Joker smiles. Ooh. It's very creepy. And they eat people. Ooh. Yeah, so it's a whole thing. Um, But it's quite good. I'm listening to the dubbed version instead of subtitles. Um, And Sage, I got the approval from Sage. She said that the acting was pretty good. Um, I guess some of the later seasons are not dubbed because of how quickly they've come out to, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the American and Canadian markets. But I'm not there yet, obviously. I'm only six episodes in. Um, but I'm enjoying it. I think it will be good. It's very heavy. So I'm surprised because you think of like, I don't, but like generally speaking, people are like, oh, you know, animated is for children. But the themes are very dark. And in the first episode, his mom gets eaten. Oh. Yeah. Like it's for serious. <laughs> the writer of that episode has problems. <laughs> yes. Yeah. mummy problems. Well, apparently it's like a... It was a manga first and then adapted into an anime. So if you're a reader, then you already know how it ends. And right. if you're a watcher, I guess you the final final episode is coming out in August. So Sage has really been looking forward to that, even though I think she didn't read the series as well. <laughs> so maybe I'll catch up. I Well, I probably will catch up by August because now that's my new obsession show. Well, there you go. <laughs> 
But that, it, that'll be your long weekend plans, right? Basically, <laughs> yeah. I've already thought about like how many hours it will take to watch, and then I'm like parceling it out into my days about how I will watch it because I also have a busybody dog that mm-hmm. likes to be up in my business. Yeah, have have some attention, get out and go for walks. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What have you been listening to? Well, I don't listen to too much. I, okay. I'm not not a a big audiobook listener or anything like that and I don't do a lot of podcasts but as as Claire knows my probably my latest obsession for podcasts is the ADHD adults podcast from the UK uh, which is of course also available on YouTube so sometimes I watch it (laughs) because I find that funny and I uh, just enjoy it because it's you know science-based and it's it's done um very well in terms of uh, boiling everything down to a particular characteristic Mm. and talking about that and how it affects people and um i love british humor and these are (laughs) absolutely hilarious and um so you're learning and being entertained i'm learning and being entertained at the same time which is good for adhd brains i imagine it is very very (laughs) much so because you know we lose our attention every once in a while that's too funny. Um, I'm going to feature a podcast that I have not on here before. And it got me thinking about it yesterday because I was looking, you know, I follow quite a few podcasts mm-hmm. and then I'm like really obsessed and I sort of draw back a little bit. But yesterday I was looking through my podcast. And I was like, what did I not listen to recently? Maybe there's an episode that I might be interested in. So I listened to the podcast called The Daily by the New York Times. Mm. So they usually take something that's going on in the news, usually American, and they break it down so that you understand it. And it's about 25, maybe 30 minutes long. Um, so I had seen something on Twitter about Diane Feinstein, the California senator. I think she's been a senator for like, it's like 40 years or something like that. And she was one of the first women senators. I think she was elected with like three others for the first time in like the early 90s or something. And there's been a lot of controversy surrounding her because she is an elderly lady, I think approaching 90. She ended up running in the election that they had a couple of years Mm -hmm. ago. And California is a highly democratic state, so she did get in. But there's been a lot of discussion about whether she should have sort of stepped aside and let people who were younger in her party really like propel the party forward. And there's, you know, been discussion about her health and her memory and, you know, where she is with everything. So I thought it took a really balanced approach in terms of like why she rose to prominence. So she was a city, they call them supervisors, but they're city councillors in San Francisco. And she was a city supervisor when Harvey Milk had been assassinated. So she was sort of the face of that crisis because the mayor and Harvey Milk were both assassinated and she was sort of the next one in power. So she ended up sort of breaking that news to the public and really like ushering San Francisco through that time. She ended up being a very popular mayor for San Francisco for about 10 years. And then she moved more into like federal politics and becoming a senator. And she really has had an excellent career, like very, very strong. She helped write um, the laws and the policy in the early 90s that banned assault weapons um, that ended up expiring or getting overturned in the early 2000s. But it saw like a huge dramatic decrease of like gun violence. And she used a lot of her personal experience with 
gun violence and, and witnessing it, witnessing um, it yes. to really speak to its importance. And she's just, she's very known for, for not taking the easy road out. Mm-hmm. So like after 9-11, she's the one who really pushed forward the commission to see how detainees were being treated by the American military and to make that public and, and all of that, even when people were like, mm, should we really do it? And she's like, yes, because we, we should be better. Um, so there are a lot of things to really admire her for in her career. But yeah, there is that question of how old is too old when you're in public service. And when you're a woman who has accomplished, any a person who has accomplished so much, you could step down too. It doesn't take away from your accomplishments. Right. And so it was a very interesting discussion that the host and the their quote-unquote expert uh-huh. on Diane Feinstein had. And so I was listening to it while I was walking my dog because I'm cool. <laughs> and I just, I found it very interesting because I didn't know that much about her. And me, visually, when I think about her, I think about her as an, a late 80s woman who's struggling with health but you hear the clips of her talking about what's what was happening in san francisco at the time or in the 90s and she is a powerful like robust speaker and it's just a very interesting juxtaposition that i had never really thought about her that much yeah yeah so i was pretty excited to have listened to that podcast and basically i've summarized the entire thing about it so you don't have to listen to it yourself but i do find that that podcast is very interesting for that because it's very like a deep dive because it breaks down yeah it's not trying to go quickly from one thing to the next and it's not doing like the the popular like sexy topic it's doing some nerdy topic that like you know, I'm listening to while I'm walking my dog. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not sensationalized. And I think that's why I like it. It's so balanced. Very very balanced. Yeah. So I do enjoy it. I would recommend it. Obviously. I'm probably talking to like one person in the audience. (laughs) 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 That is like, yeah, let me write that podcast down. But it's good. It's just very American focused. It's like the daily of like what's going on in America. I don't think I've ever seen an international story on there. (laughs) Um, well, Trish, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, talking summer reading. Um, and we'll be back in the fall. This is our last regular episode until September. Oh, so happy summer and happy summer reading, everyone. Hope everyone has a great summer. Bye bye. <laughs>